Well, the birds are in the Super Bowl. Media day is tonight, and uh, it's going to be a fun week. And when it's all over, I think we're going to have the Lombardi Trophy coming back to Philadelphia for the second time. All right, more on the birds. Let's uh, go to the man who is the main man in NBC Sports Philadelphia. He has been for a number of years. He's covered a couple of these Super Bowls, to say the least. Of course, when the Eagles make it, always a pleasure to talk to Mr. Michael Barkan. How you doing, Michael Bay? Joe, you come out. How are you? Good, buddy. Michael, you excited, Good man? This is big time, man. This is Michael. The Eagles are about to win another Super Bowl. You know that. I am never. Uh, first off, good morning. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, John. Good morning, James. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I think the Eagles will. I think the Eagles are on the brink of that. And I, I thought that they would win in 2018, but I wasn't as certain as I am now. They were playing Brady's Patriots, after all, and Bill Belichick's team. Um, and I know they're playing Andy Reid, and I know they're playing a team with the Super Bowl. Uh, under its belt, Super Bowl title, and another appearance very recently. But uh, I I just feel that this Eagles team overall is so dominant that they're going to win this game. So, Michael, I I agree with you, but here's the thing that's weird. They're only a a point-and-a-half favorite. So is it that the nation is so dumb, or are we – it's that simple. They're dumb. No, no, it's it's not that necessarily they're so dumb. It's the doubters. And I think a lot of it is the Jalen Hurts doubters. And it, and it, it, it bothers me um, because uh, you guys know more in your pinkies than I know about football in my whole body. But let me tell you something. When I saw Jalen Hurts in a loss that first season, I think it might have been a second start at Arizona. Yep. And I came on the air on the postgame show, and I, and I said, you have just seen the future of the quarterback position for the Philadelphia Eagles. And Ray Dittinger and Seth Joyner and Barrett looked at me like I was insane. And, I, and, and I'm like, do you just see what I saw? Did you just see that, the way the guy plays the position, his poise, the fact that he runs when he needs to, he doesn't run when he doesn't need to, he, he's got a good arm, um, he can find the open receivers, and I just felt that, that he was going to be the man for the foreseeable future. And I know many disagree with me at that point in time, but I think the, the country, many in the country, and many, maybe it's the way he came up, um, the fact that he was benched at Alabama, the fact that he, he was the number two guy after that, the fact that he transferred, all of that, the fact that he was drafted at all by the Philadelphia Eagles, um, I think he has been put in a position of, of to be doubted. And um, I don't doubt this kid. Uh, I don't know if he's completely healthy, but um, I, I think that that is why the, the nation, for the most part, is doubting on the Eagles. I, I do. I don't know what you all think. Michael, have you arrived at the point where you believe this is the best Eagles team of all time? John, that's a great question because it's come together other than those the veteran mainstays. This has come together pretty darn quickly when you, when you look at it all. Yeah. And I know many are calling it a rebuild. I don't know if I'd call it a, a, a rebuild. I, I guess when you have a new head coach in, in his second year, I guess you'd have to call it, and you're back in the Super Bowl, I guess you'd have to call it a rebuild. And so, I mean, you, you, you want to, you kind of want to sit back and wait and look at it from all sides and kind of examine it before you just say, this is the best Eagles team of all time. But, but do you have a better Eagles team um, that, that you could, that you could toss up that, that, um, now if they don't win the Super Bowl, it's a different story. I mean, it, it yeah. is about championships, but I would say, Knee-jerk, yes. If you look at their offensive line, their defense, the quarterback, the wide receivers, both wide receivers, the depth of wide receiver, the running backs, the depth at running back, um, uh, the secondary, all of it. 
maybe maybe a weak spot has been punter. <laughs> yeah. but, but, uh, all that you know. all that is true, but still, we've got Julian Love last week throwing shade at Nick Sirianni. You got Brandon Ayuk basically saying we were lucky to win it. Why are players we've faced throwing shade our way? I think it's jealousy. I think maybe maybe they think it's, they they just faced like. Um, a Bill Lee Ephus pitch, and they should have hit it out of the park, and they failed <laughs> to do it. You know, uh, but but guess what? This is no. Even if it is an Ephus pitch, um, whatever whatever they're tossing up there, the other team cannot touch. And and um, and I don't think this is a. We talked about this in 2017, and all the experts talked about it then. Maybe that's it too, guys. Maybe you remember. Everyone said, "Oh, this is just the first of many for the Philadelphia Eagles. This is the first in a run." 2017 and wait till 18 and 19 but you don't count losing coordinators and you don't count losing free agents and and you don't count trying to put together a team each and every year and um bill parcells used to say that he used to say no 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 you don't you don't pick up where you left off the previous season you start at the same point and you try to exceed what you did the previous season faster than you did the season before it's not as easy as picking up where you left off so each season is unto itself. And um, I think this season, this Eagles team has, has just been it's, – it's been amazing. You know, I was saying to James before we came on, and we, we, when you have expectations placed upon you and you fulfill them or you succeed them, that is something to behold. And I said, only in Philadelphia, we talked about how great this moment was and how we loved it. And I said, can you imagine? I said, I want to be Boston, man. I want to win all those championships every single year. And I thought in Philadelphia, if we won like three three titles in four years, we'd be bitching about the one we lost. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I tell you, Michael, I, if if the if Philly turns into that, and that was an extreme example, I think they had ten or eleven or twelve in like fifteen years or something. I, I WIP might explode. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You know, like I I just my brain can't comprehend that level of success, but. I'll tell you what, they've tapped into something with Hurts that could last for a long time. Now, I know I know Doug stood there and said new norm, and it certainly wasn't. But, man, he's really good, Michael. Michael, I, I, want, I want Sirianni to, at the podium to say this is the newer norm uh, to start yeah. his speech. I, I don't think that'll go over well. He won't do that. No, I, I, I don't think so. But I had a good friend of mine who said uh, this, was, this was probably last summer. Okay. And they were coming off a first-round loss. And my friend said, you know – I hear Nick Sirianni, and I'm not impressed. Yep. And I and I texted him back, and I said, "Bingo! I feel the same exact way. I hear Nick Sirianni, and I'm not impressed." The coach who says, "I put a picture of a flower up. It's coming through the ground, and the roots are growing out, and the roots are continuing to grow out. And the only way they continue to grow is if we water. We all fertilize. We all do our part. Yeah, you're right. And we all said." We all said, this is an NFL coach. This is what this guy's selling to his players. But guess what? If his players are lapping it up and they're playing for the guy and they're winning, well, yeah. Well, here's the question then, Michael. All all jokes aside, do we as fans and we as media, do we put too much into the whole press conference thing? Because Charlie's weren't good to start. He won a title. Doug's were borderline preposterous at time. He won a title. And Knicks were ridiculous, and he's about to win one. Yeah, I, I think we do, but I think it's understandable. I think we go by what we see initially, and it's like, prove me wrong. And so when he came up there, look, people who saw Nick that first day at his news conference, they saw and heard him. They, they thought it was.
was an absolute disaster. I only heard him because it was during the pandemic, and we were we were on uh, via Zoom, and I'm just listening to him. And I thought, listening to him, okay, it's a new head coach. He's going through his first day news conference. I, I didn't think it was terrible. I didn't think it was great. But I know a lot of people uh, who saw him, it was like the Nixon-Kennedy debate. A lot of people who saw it thought Kennedy won. A lot of people who heard it thought Nixon won. I just heard it. I thought Sirianni was good. Uh, or okay, or acceptable. So you know, but the bottom line is wins and losses. That's it. We're, yeah. we're not we're not paid. They're not paid because they did a good job. It was a good try. You know, how they're much not paid for that? How much does Andy Reid's Super Bowl experience help the Chiefs? Um, I think I think it helps them, John. In that, uh, you know, when, when you're when you're in an arena. Where the where the pressure gets turned up that much more, and you've been there before, you you know what the feeling is going to be like. You know how you respond to the mm-hmm. feeling. You know we're, we're they're all human beings. Uh, they play at a completely different level, obviously, and you know that because you played at that level. It, it when but you still there's still another step in the Super Bowl. The build up to the Super Bowl, and you haven't covered them uh, before. All of us, um, you, we can feel it. I can feel it now. It's a different deal when there are just two teams remaining uh, in that octagon and they're going to do battle, and everybody's talking about it for two weeks after they last played. And, and um, what everybody's saying about the Eagles, that they, the former uh, competitors, that they can't do it, et cetera, it's all about that buildup, and it's all about being able to focus. And, and then when you step in there, I can't even imagine that, John Richie. I can't imagine stepping on a field with everybody, 70,000 fans just screaming at you, whether they're for you or against you, just the, the, the vibe, the electricity, the energy, and having to just calm yourself down and being able to do your job, which is why I never played you know, pro football. Well, Michael, you know what I've always told John that, that blows my mind away on a situation like this? So when John played in the Super Bowl and his name's announced – it's not only that a billion people in the world hear it, it's that the most famous people in the world hear it. All the living presidents heard, like, heard John's name. All the rock stars. I mean, like, these players get it. See, that, that's what w- would grab my attention. If I'm out there, I'm thinking to myself, like, those people are what? That would, for me, add extra pressure. Yeah. No, I'm just be, I'm just being honest. It's the whole no, world. it's the whole world. It's the whole yeah. world, including I'm just, I just think I think it's a very cool Everyone. aspect. Michael, is, you've covered sure. some you've covered Super Bowls with it's the crazy. Eagles. What what um what stands out to you from the past as far as the media day sort of thing or the week of the Super Bowl that has stood out to you as an as a notable situation from the past involving the Eagles? Um, well, Jacksonville, the media day was on the field. Yep. And I don't know if it's I don't know if it still is anymore because I, I did not go to Media Day. I was in Minneapolis obviously. Yeah, they do that whole we, big event thing. It's indoors yeah. now and it's a whole different yeah. deal. Yeah. So so which and I guess that just shows how big it's grown. Right. That 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 it's but um in Jacksonville I just remember uh, I, I remember how, how cold it was and everyone talked about Florida, Florida, Florida. It was freezing cold. It was brutal. I hope they never have another Super Bowl there. And, and um, you know, I, I remember we were on on the Saint uh was Saint Lawrence River and, and um it, it was it was uh it was a it was a great time. What sticks out what sticks out to me is is the, the fans really. The way yeah. the, the Eagles fans just we heard it yesterday at Madison Square Garden. 
and and uh, someone from the Knicks, I forget who, was going to the line to shoot free throws, and there's an Eagles chant or a fly, Eagles fly, going through Madison Square Garden. You think you think lighting up the Empire State Building green was a problem? How do you think they all like that? It was it was it was great. And the way we travel, I don't know how Chiefs fans travel, but but um, uh, it, it's it's great to go out to another city, to a foreign town. And you see people from your – it's almost like your home. And um, it's, that is really, really cool. And I, said, I think that says everything about who we are as sports fans and what we feel about our teams. Because even when the Patriots were going through all that, we, we had more fans than the Patriots. Not even close. Yeah, it won't be Not 50-50. Even... No Super Bowl involving the Eagles will ever be 50-50. It'll, it'll always no. tip the Eagles away. There's no question. Michael Barkan, NBC Sports Philadelphia. Not only all the Eagles coverage – with Michael B. and MC Sports Philly, but also, Michael, just a quick Phil's question. Got to sneak it in here because they're about to crank it up somewhat soon. You getting pumped up for this year? I'm getting really pumped up. I just sent, sent a text. I should, should have put you guys on it, too. I just sent a text uh, to Ruben and Ricky Bow and Ben Davis, and I'm walking into the office, and I'm, it's like a selfie video, and I said, you smell that? Can you, can you smell that? It's on the back burner right now. Can you smell it? It's baseball, baby. It's baseball. <laughs> and it's coming. Sure and, is. And I, I, I'm really excited about this team. Even with Bryce on the bench, um, rehabbing until the All-Star break, it, it's still gonna, it's going to be a thrill, and anything is possible for this Phillies team. Greatest sports city in the world, boys. Love it, man. Michael, stay well. Enjoy the week. I know you're heading out there in a few days. Enjoy it all, man. Thanks for having me on. Oh, my pleasure. There he is, Michael Barkan, NBC Sports. Philadelphia. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Chris in Northeast Philadelphia. Hi, Chris. Hey, how are you? Great, Chris. Um, I just had a question or a statement about the 49ers fans. Yeah, I they're... understand I understand how we're Greeks and I understand how low it's impossible to deliver. We're all human beings. A hard 215-592-9494. Let's talk to Joe in Mayfair. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, gentlemen. Happy uh, Monday, and it is Super Bowl week, and I am excited and pumped up for this game this Sunday. Cannot wait. Yep. Can't wait. And uh, I, I don't think, you know, I don't think Philadelphia fans, for the most part, and we're all the same age, have been used to being confident in a team and winning when usually we're the underdog by not even by a little bit. You know, you go back to the Flyers, Red Wings in 97. You know, you, you go to any – championship you're, you're not the favorite the Sixers in a one the Phillies 93 you can yeah. go on and on and on we're in a game where we're the favorite and as a sports fan who's usually an underdog or not the best team different it feels Very weird different. doesn't it it feels <laughs> weird. weird it does show I agree yeah. with you and you know it's like can we feel this way can we feel confident that we have the best team can we feel confident in our defense being that good where it's has our season been a fraud because of schedule and cupcakes? And you hear all the noise and the chatter around the around the country from a lot of idiots who are just bitter and jealous that they're not a Philadelphia sports fan living here and with our passion, and they live in crappy sports towns who don't have a clue on how to be a sports town uh, fan. So I am very confident in this team, and I, I think as the game goes on, I think this team's just going to gain momentum running downhill and. I know Mahomes is going to pull out some magic plays in his book. I don't see him pulling out a lot of magic in the red zone. I, I just don't. I I don't think this team that we've started with in training camp has had an agenda, and they've not just walked the walks, uh, talked the talk, they've walked the walk every step of the way that they have been one day at a time, one play at a time, one game at a time. And I don't see that stopping. And I don't think 
if you follow this team the entire year, that you can't just say to yourself, hey, they are real. They've lost one game with this quarterback. This quarterback is the leader. The coach is a leader. They have so many leaders on this team, and they have one goal. And I just don't see them falling short, not just because they say it, but they have the talent well, to do so I agree. All, Listen, all across the board. I agree. But I will tell you, Joe, I am struck by the fact that we're all thinking the way we are, and I also though do know intellectually the Chiefs are really good, too. I, and I can tell you why the line's one and a half. Which is it's what? Not because, because there's a lot of haters out there who just hate Philadelphia, and they're going to bet against us just because they hate us. And they followed Patrick Mahomes the last five years, and he is that damn good. So getting a point and a half with Pat Mahomes and the fact you have so many people who right. hate Philadelphia out there, of course they're going to put more money on the Chiefs getting a point and a half. And you take a teaser, which is a huge bet in your bowl, take a seven and a half with the Chiefs. Seems like a lock. And that's why I don't think it's going to happen. I think the Eagles win by at least 14, probably more. Ooh. I really do. All right, Joe, give me an answer. Number one question you'd ask someone from sports. Before I get that, you had the wrong person from Ozark. There was nobody more feistier than Wendy Byrne. Nobody in the history of television as a female. Oh, I don't agree. She didn't care. She didn't care who what was in her way. Even her own husband. <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't call her feisty. I'd call her ruthless. That's different. I thought Ruth was ruthless. No pun intended. But I'm yeah. going to ask a question to the best baseball player who ever lived, who was shorted four years. And if you look at Ted Williams' stats, they were astonishing. Missing four years. Yep. Being the best hitter on the planet and loving the game as much as you did. How did you deal with that for four years, not being able to play the game that you love? Yeah. Well, Joe, appreciate the call, and I'm sure he answered that question, uh, I would imagine. I mean, obviously his war history was uh, well-documented. 215-592-9494. All right, speaking of the uh, feisty uh, thing there, John, I have the 10 o'clock hour poll results in hand. So the four choices, who's the feistiest character? Frank Costanza from Seinfeld, Louis De Palma from Taxi, Ruth from Ozark, or Tommy from Goodfellas. John, who do you think Uh won this poll? Well, hold on. Mm. Who should win the poll? I know. Tommy from Goodfellas is so – it's so hard to beat because it is such quality, you know, because Goodfellas is so high up there in everyone's estimation. He's not the right answer. Louis De Palma from Taxi is the right Uh. answer. A higher percentage of his time is him being feisty. I'm just being honest. All the, all the guy does is be feisty the whole time. Seltzer, who feistier should? Feistier than Tommy. I was thinking yeah. Tommy. I mean, Tommy, Tommy got Tommy's so feisty, feisty guys. killed people. I guess I yeah. get it. He shoots spider and the whole deal. Like I get it. I think I, he I'm was able it. to show some additional feistiness because of the, the rating. Well, he's the one guy that's a criminal. Well, him and Ruth. Two, two people here are criminals. John, uh, you would go uh, Tommy. Yeah. James would go Tommy. I go uh, Louis De Palma. John, where do you think the, the voting result went here? I think I think Tommy wins. I, I think there's no way Taxi uh, ranks high with the interest. Tommy did not win. Louis De Palma did not win. Ruth from Ozark did not win. Wow. Frank Costanza won, and he was feisty, but that's the wrong choice. That's the wrong choice. I'm surprised. All right, we open up the second hour's uh, poll. Same question: Who's the feistiest of these characters? Four choices. James always put them in alphabetical order. Here's what we got: Carla from Cheers, Ooh. Curly from the Three Stooges. <laughs> Mickey from Rocky. Oh, wow. And Tanner from the Bad News Bears. All outstanding choices. You can vote at Sports Radio WIP on Twitter. We'll find out in the 12 o'clock hour who, who wins that one. That's a, tough, that's a tough, tight one also. I don't think that one's that tight. Uh, let me think about it. I got I to I dwell on that. Let's go to T and Olney. Hi, T. Hey, guys. How you doing? Great, T. Can you hear me? Yes. 
Okay, sorry about that. So I'm super pumped. I know it doesn't sound like it, <laughs> but I am super pumped. Um, I think we will win. I think we uh, need to make sure we're attacking Mahomes while he's in the pocket, making him skittish. Um, I think it's going to be a close game, maybe by a field goal or a touchdown. Um, I do not like that Mahomes is compromised. Um, I've been keeping my ear to the ground on different commentators and things like that, and there's so much hate towards our team in terms of, oh, we didn't really play anybody. We had an easy schedule. Now Mahomes is compromised. So I I just really wish that he was 100%. That's neither here nor there. Um, I I believe in our team, and I think we are going to win. It's going to be a tough game. Um, I think as a fan base, maybe we are a little overconfident. Not myself, but as a fan base. But I don't think our guys are overconfident. I think they're very humble. I think they know who and what they're going up against, and that's all that matters as long as they know what they're going up against. Um, yeah, I don't worry about them. Great with yeah, that. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, my question that I would ask, I would ask Doug for the 2021 season, did he really intentionally tank that game for our benefit? And you asking that to Doug or you asking that to Howie? To Doug. Listen, I, okay, T, good answer. Here's the only thing, though. I think we know the answer. They tanked. Mm-hmm. Right, John? Mm-hmm. Seltzer, they did tank, yeah, 100 right? million percent, yes. Yeah. And was that Sudfeld? Uh, who he brought in? Yeah. Was he still around at that point? Yeah. I think it was. That's what I think it was. So, which is part of what made it so ridiculous, because it was like his fifth year in the league or fourth year in the league. Yeah, and like, he said, oh, he needs, I he needs say reps. Him. I want to get him the yeah, reps like, what or you, whatever. Yeah. Like, if it was a dude no one ever heard of, then it's like, it makes a little bit more sense in theory. Is he still in the league? Yeah. Sudfeld, I think so. Yeah, I think, uh, man, he might be with the Colts. Nate Sudfeld. Oh, if they have the Colts, then it's all they're all the Colts then. Uh, he Carson is, Nick, uh, the Lions. <laughs> He's with the Lions. Nate Sudfeld. All right, let's go to Anthony in South Philly. Yo, Anthony. Hi, Joe. How are you, pal? Hi, John. Hey, what's up, Anthony? All right, buddy. Joe, I want to give you a little, um, well, a little reality check, I guess, after all the uh, comments about eight, uh, one or two point spread. I was looking at some stats, and uh, the Chiefs are the number one rated pass-blocking offensive line in the league, and the Eagles are the number one rated run-blocking line in the league. Wow. So that tells you a little bit there. And also, the, Chief, the Eagles, we all know, are the sack leader in the league, but the number two team leader in the league for sacks is the Chiefs. So uh, I think that's why you're getting a one- or two-point spread there, plus you got the X-Factor with Mahomes, and we don't know how injured the Chiefs are. They got about six guys that are hurt, and one guy, the receiver, is definitely not playing. I can't think of who it is, Hegman or uh, Tony. I'm not sure. Uh, but one guy's definitely out with a growing injury for the Super Bowl. So I think that's why you got what you got as far as your spread. Well, it could be. I'll tell you what's amazing about the Eagles being a favorite is how unusual it is in reference to the Chiefs. You know, the Chiefs, are until this week, until last week, that is, an NFL record 14 straight games that they've been a favorite in the playoffs. Mahomes has never been a playoff yeah. underdog. Yeah. Now, he's lost games, yeah, obviously. Yeah, but he's just never gone in as an underdog. It's a remarkable yeah. thing, though. Right. Wow. Anthony, give me a big answer, man. What's a question you'd ask someone in sports through the years? Okay, uh, I'll go to an iconic moment in NFL history. Uh, Joe Montana on the catch with Dwight Clark. Were you throwing the ball out of the back of the end zone, or were you going throwing the ball to Dwight Clark? All right, you got it, Anthony, to the catch. I mean, I think we know I think we know he was trying to connect with Dwight Clark, but in a way that only Dwight Clark could get it. That's 
what I've always interpreted. John, do you have a ruling on that? They've run, they, they, they had run that play five million times, and he knew he could put it up there and Dwight could go get it. That's, That's what, what I, I think. Yeah. And, and, yeah, I mean, there's the famous video of Bill Walsh saying, if you don't have it, just throw it away. But, you know, he threw it in a spot where it was, it was gettable. It was tough, but it was gettable. 215-592-9494. Up ahead, we got to put a bow on one of the most ridiculous things we have ever, ever, ever seen in sports. Frankly, one of the biggest disgraces in modern sports history. There was a wrap-up, at least, of that that part of the saga over the weekend. What it is, tell you next. Joe Cameron, John Ritchie on WIP. Hey, Valentine's Day is almost here. And, guys, it's crunch time. And if you're still dragging your feet, here's my advice. Get yourself to Family and Company Jewelers in Marlton, New Jersey. They have an amazing selection of gifts at every price point, so you are guaranteed to walk out with something that will make you look like an all-star this year. Visit their showroom on Route 70 in Marlton, New Jersey, and tell them Joe DeCamera sent you. They'll take great care of you. You can always count on the crew at Family and Company Jewelers, the expertise, quality people. I mean, just a wonderful showroom. FamilyJewelers.com. That's FamilyJewelers.com. Family and Company Jewelers, South Jersey's diamond destination.